You're listening to the Wellness Cucina Podcast, where I give you tips and tricks about getting your family involved in the kitchen and making delicious and nutritious meals with ease. I'm Celestina, a chef, registered dietitian nutritionist, and a lover of good food, especially pizza. Today we are talking about giving your kids some autonomy in the kitchen. It can be a really great experience, and it may cause a mess, so just be aware, but that's also a really good opportunity to teach them the importance of cleaning up or cleaning as you go. Today we're going to talk about three different recipes that your kids can make from scratch. Obviously, this is going to depend upon their age and potentially skill level, but I would say anyone over 10 can probably make these on their own with just a little bit of supervision. So we're going to start out with breakfast. Initially, this was just straight up PB and banana toast, but you can do so much with it. I like to call it nut butter and fruit toast, and it can take on a ton of different forms. Let's start with the toast. You can do whole grain bread, some good old white bread, some wraps, tortillas, sliced sweet potatoes, literally whatever you have. If doing the sliced sweet potatoes is kind of out of your wheelhouse, it's super simple. Just slice a a raw sweet potato and pop it in your toaster like you would a slice of toast. It'll probably take a little bit longer. It may take like two or three cycles on the toaster, but they're going to come out perfectly cooked on the inside and nice and crunchy on the outside. So that's a really good way to use sweet potatoes if you have them. If you do wraps or tortillas, heat them up first. That may require a little bit more supervision. If you do oats, oats can be done in the microwave or on the stove. Again, maybe your child would need some supervision there, but the possibilities are endless. And remember that if you need to use a gluten-free option, there are a ton out there. So the next layer is nut butters. And I don't just like to say peanut butter because there are so many different nut butters out there, right? We have almond, cashew, pistachio, pecan. I've even seen butters out there made from like watermelon seeds. So if you have a certain allergy to a nut butter, there are so many different options out there that you don't even have to worry. There are really good tasting options. If you have store-bought nut butter or nut alternative butter, that works really well. But if you happen to have no nut butter and a ton of nuts in the house, Super simple. All you have to do is roast some nuts, for example, um, roasting some pecans in a very, very, very low oven for an extended period of time. I like to do three or four hours and then running it through the food processor after it's had time to cool out of the oven, running it through the food processor. For about four to five minutes, you wanna just take little blurps, little buzzes until it starts to have a nut butter-like consistency. You don't have to add any oil, you don't have to add anything, and boom, you have nut butter. So that's a really good way to make nut butter if you don't have any. The last layer I like to add is fruit. So this is kind of like a PB&J or a deconstructed PB&J, kind of. But with the fruit layer, you can use frozen, you can use jam, you can use fresh, you can use canned. I mean, I'm just trying to make this as easily accessible as possible. And I think with the frozen, it can be really fun because it can add a nice crunch factor. Or you can just defrost some of the frozen fruits you have and use them on on your nut butter. You can also make your frozen fruit into jam if you don't have jam. That can literally be as as easy as adding some of your frozen fruits into a a small pot with some sugar and just letting it cook down. And it, it really is that simple. And then you can save that homemade jam for a later occasion in the refrigerator. Fresh fruit, if you have it, awesome. Apples, pears, bananas, berries, literally anything would work on this. I'd probably stay clear of like mangoes, but if you have peaches, I don't know if it's the season, it's not really the season, but if you happen to have any fresh peaches and they taste delicious, you can use them here. If not, some canned peaches or apricots or even applesauce would work really well. 
Be creative and encourage your child to use fruits he or she may like or that the family likes. So you can make a variety of different kinds of toasts and have them guide the different flavors that are used. Some optional additions on top. So nuts and seeds would be a really good addition. You could do chopped nuts or seeds like chia or flax. Really good to note about chia and flax. The omega-3 benefits actually come from when they're ground, not from when they're whole. I like to purchase them whole and then kind of just give them a little pulse in the food processor or in the blender right before you need them. If you're only grinding a small amount, you may need to use your coffee grinder. In addition to nuts and seeds, you can add different spices like cinnamon, cardamom, allspice, nutmeg, pumpkin pie spice, whatever you have. Remember, smell them together and that's how you'll know they taste good together. And I also encourage you to finish it off with some zest. If you don't know how I feel about zest, you should go back to the Zest Up Your Life episode to understand how I feel about zesting everything. Orange, lemon, lime, any of those zests could work really well depending on the fruits and spices that you use. And then lastly, an optional drizzle. That could be honey, maple syrup, agave nectar, or even really good extra virgin olive oil. Again, be creative with this. For lunch, you can do something along the lines of bean tacos or bean burritos. Start out with a tortilla, maybe crunchy or soft. It could be flour, corn, or another gluten-free alternative. And then a can of beans. That could be black, that could be kidney, garbanzos, whatever you have canned, or if you have some freshly cooked. If you're using canned or reheating freshly cooked, you may want to warm them in the microwave or in a pan. You can also smash the beans just a bit after reheating them so that when you do form the taco or burrito, they don't come out. So they're like quasi refried and a little smashed up. Another great addition would be rice. So if you have some that's been pre-cooked, it can be warmed in the microwave or on the stove as well and then added in. I like to encourage people to do toppings as DIY on the table. Or your child can take the reins and create their masterpiece for themselves and masterpieces for the family. Some fun toppings can be shredded cabbage, thinly sliced bell peppers, tomatoes, cheese, avocados, jarred salsa, cilantro, and lime. Honestly, it just comes down to what you and your family enjoy. So if you'd like other veggies, please feel free to use those. If you don't have some of these ingredients, like salsa for example, you can drain a can of diced tomatoes and then quickly process it through the food processor with some cumin, coriander, and lime. If you don't have sour cream, try using plain yogurt. If you don't have fresh veggies, you can heat up some frozen or canned veggies in a pan or in the microwave. If you don't have a fresh avocado, but you happen to have guacamole, use that. Try and be as resourceful as possible, using foods that you still enjoy, but you may have to use a slightly different variation on it, and it'll still work and still be delicious. Encouraging your kids to take the reins on this one is probably going to be your best approach. So for dinner, it's going to be a gnocchi sheet pan dinner. This one does require a little bit of cooking, so this may be either for older kids or may require a little bit more supervision. So you want to preheat the oven to 450 degrees and then using either a silicone mat or parchment paper, line a sheet tray. So you want to pop all of this ingredients onto the sheet tray. You want to use one or two packages of either the shelf stable or frozen gnocchi. If you find the shelf stable one, it's going to be next to all of the dried pastas. If you happen to find the frozen or refrigerated, it may be next to the refrigerated items in like the cheese section, or it can be with refrigerated pastas. Next, you want to throw on the pan some pre-cut peppers and onions. So these can be fresh or these can be frozen. I'm just trying to think of things that are going to make it slightly easier for your child to put together. So if they're at a level where they can cut peppers and onions, or you can supervise that or maybe help them with it, then you can use uncut 
peppers and onions. But if you want your child to have the autonomy while making this, using some pre-cut might be helpful. Then you wanna to toss on a pint of grape tomatoes. Sprinkle with some onion and garlic powder, and then either fresh or dried rosemary. Salt, pepper, and a little drizzle of olive oil. Toss all of it together using either your spoons or your hands, and then cook it for a total of 18 to 20 minutes. You wanna to toss the veggies halfway through. I suggest that the toss of the veggies midway should be done by a parent, just to ensure that no one gets burned. This is a really cool dish because you don't have to boil any water and everything gets done on a sheet pan, which is super convenient for cleanup, especially if you're using parchment or a silicone sheet and nothing will stick to the sheet pan. If you find that your sheet pan is a little overcrowded, you may need to use two, which is totally fine. Just gonna be a little bit more parchment paper. Once it comes out of the oven, you wanna serve it with some basil and that can be either fresh or dried and a little bit of Pecorino Romano or Parmesan cheese, or really whatever kind of cheese you and your family prefer. You can add a protein to this dish as well. To keep a kit accessible, I recommend using leftover meats like rotisserie chicken or previously cooked pork, beef, or ground meats. If your child prefers to do everything from scratch, he or she could use cold cut meat. So maybe using some turkey, chicken, ham, or beef, and then either heating that up in a pan or heating that up in the microwave. If you're listening to these recipes and saying, oh, my child won't eat that, just give it a try. Let him or her make it and they may actually give it a shot. I've found that children are more apt to try things when they have a hand in it. So even if it's a veggie that they may not eat all the time or have an aversion to, they might find that cooking with it can be really fun and then maybe more apt to try it. So these are only three recipes, but there are a ton of different resources out there for kid-friendly meals. My biggest suggestion is to give them some options on how and what they'd like to create and just be there to supervise as needed. Three main takeaways. Be flexible. If you don't have all of the ingredients, it can still work. Be there for guidance, but not to take over. Letting your child cook can open up their minds and taste buds to new flavors. Thanks for listening. Reach out via email at cbrunettiwellness at gmail.com to leave comments, tell me about show topics you'd like to hear, or just to say hi. Check out Wellness Cucina's Instagram at chef underscore RDN for cooking tips, recipes, and IGTV videos that relate to the podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about how you and your family can build stronger bonds while gaining kitchen confidence, schedule a complimentary call. The link is in the show notes. Listen this Wednesday when I'll be talking about cleaning as you go 